There's a little lady wandering around the back, but she'll be all right. She may have a word for us. When Angie was uh, given her whatever, her, her sermon this morning, I tell you, that deal on patience, um, years ago I was going through something, the Lord gave me this scripture, it's in Luke, I don't know exactly where in Luke, but it says, in your patience, you possess your soul. So it is a battle, you know, but that's, how are we going to get our whole body, soul, and spirit renewed if we don't have patience? And some people think they're going to get, you know, totally victorious in three days. It doesn't work that way in the kingdom. Just let me give that to you right now, that it takes faithfulness to the Word and to assembling together and encouraging one another. And so I thought that was a good word. I'll find it where it is in Luke somewhere. Amen. Good word. Well, I'm glad you're here. I love you and bless you. And you know, this this is the core of the church. I, Angie, I appreciated the songs this morning. They were so good. That selection. I enjoyed the worship, Lord. We thank you. Let me read you a little few of the headlines I wrote down from this week. Iran launches over a dozen ballistic missiles as a warning to Israel. Major Chinese real estate developer Evergrande totters on the brink of collapse. A Democrat congresswoman who voted to defund the police in Pennsylvania gets carjacked and robbed at gunpoint in broad daylight. And Jesse Waters flatter, flattens clown Dr. Anthony Fauci after Fauci called for his firing over more than a, some of the reports and things he said about him, but... Uh, Our hope is in the Lord. Amen? Amen. And listen, i tell you what. That said, sing louder than the unbelief. Sing louder than the unbelief was in that song. Sometimes we just got to talk louder. We've got to address that fear that you're not going to rule me. You've got to realize when that fear comes. And let me tell you, it is never your friend. It's not your friend. And then we had a line in a song that says God is riding on the storm. Listen, if he's riding on the storm, and I believe he is riding on the storm, but if he's riding on it, I'm riding on it too because I'm in him. My life is hid in Christ, in God. I'm riding on the storm. Storms come, storms go. You may be, you're either in one, coming out of one, or going into one. That's, that's just the way it is. But you're not alone. Amen. And that's the thing that just takes us a while to really believe. God, you would allow me to go through this? He doesn't say a word. 
It's just like, you going to trust me or not? I've took the training wheels off. Well, let's see. Where do we start? Psalms 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. Everything belongs to the Lord. Well, I've got a deed to some things. Everything belongs to the Lord. Oh, you've got things in the security box, the lock box at the bank. Let me tell you, everything belongs to the Lord. If your security is in your job and your career, let me tell you, everything belongs to the Lord. Your business may be great today, but let me tell you, everything belongs to the Lord. I want to look at uh, your favorite scripture in Malarkey here for just a minute. The book of Malarkey. Go ahead and turn to it. No, she'll put it up. It's not Malarkey. Malachi. For a particular one one word or two in it. Will a man rob God? Yet you're robbing me. <clears throat> but you say, how have you robbed me? In tithes. Say tithes. And offerings. You're cursed with a curse for you're robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven, pour out for you a blessing until it, say, overflows. Then I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord. Now, I bless you. I, I know most of you are tithers and givers. I know you are. Yet, I don't look at the giving records. I don't. But there's one word in there I want you to look at. <clears throat> I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground. See that it. In some of the older translations, it says he. But that's not right. It, see, the devourer in this case is not Satan or the devil. It's a built-in process in God's kingdom of what you sow, you reap. And when we don't sow, it devours. Don Weber is the first one. I believe he got me on that. He said he got studying that out, him and Al Houghton. I'll rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your ground. It won't destroy what you have going on in your finances, nor will you the vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. You're giving... When you give, and by the way, you owe the tithe to God. Everything still belongs to God. Still belongs to God. Now, but when, when you give, that sets apart the rest of your, that dedicates all your money to God. It dedicates it all. 
He'll bless it. He will bless it. He'll bless everything you do when, when you give to the Lord. We talk about first fruits. If, if you're a person that gives 15, 20% of your income, you're sowing first fruits all along. There is so much more to, and, and I asked Dixie this morning about this, but she said, I, I guess we really learned it from Manly Beasley as far as spirit-led giving is what uh, I really want to talk to you about this morning. And I want to tell you a story or two that uh, I heard from Robin Bullock also. But you know, the first murder in the Bible really was a result of an offering. Cain and Abel. I'm telling you, this God's pretty serious about this giving thing now. And I know I'm talking to givers, but I know this is still the word God gave me today because I thought, Lord, now I know the right people are here. And you can think of some that ought to hear this, but it's you and I today. Robin Bullock is a prophet. Have, you, have you, any of you heard him or seen him? He's kind of a wild-looking guy. Got a big church and a big national ministry. But he told this story, a couple of these stories in his younger day. He was a musician. I really want to say he was probably, probably close to what some people would call, uh, well, He didn't have much going on in his life financially. Let me just say it that way. But he was a musician. He was playing some clubs. And I think Dixie shared this story. And he said one of the guys said his boss that drank all day. And one evening the boss said, I've got to leave. And he said, what's up? He said, I've got to go to church. He said, you go to church? Well, he said, I've got to go to pay my tithe. Now, here's a lost man going to pay his tithe. He said, if I don't, God, I don't get blessed. It's kind of like that it. It's just a natural thing. There's a lot of ungodly people that are prosperous because they're generous. Generous. Say generous. And I'm telling you, it's hard for us Christians sometimes to be generous. Bless you for helping the poor. There's a lot in Scripture about that. But then uh, Robert Bullock later gets saved. He's married to a lady, and her name is Robin also. So it's Robin and Robin. And at that time, they just had one child. And here he gets saved, and uh, Lord, I can't go back into clubs. I don't think that's what you want me to go do. And he said, what should I do? And, and he said, the Lord said, well, I was a carpenter. He said, well, I, I've got a skill saw and a jigsaw. I guess I can be a carpenter. And he started making some kind of little furniture. And he got close to Christmas. He was making some Christmassy stuff. And he made his little, little daughter a real little play set, you know, and had that all ready for her. He made some Christmas stuff and had it out. And this guy come along. He had several of them. $15 each. 
and the guy said, I, I want to buy all them. But he said, I won't have the money till next week. But he said, if you let me have them, I'll come back and pay you. And he said, okay. Of course, the guy never came back. So the next week, he had one laid out there, some kind of a Santa Claus thing for Christmas. And an insurance salesman came, talked to his mom, and really liked that. And he said, uh, I'll come back next week and buy that. And he said, yeah, I bet you do. So, uh, but they were broke. He said, let me tell you, we lived on weenies and white bread. Weenies and white bread. He called them red weenies. He said, if you get them in your hand, your hand turned red. Anyway, <laughs> he's from Alabama, too. So, uh, Lord bless Rob in his service today. The next week, the guy, sure enough, comes by and buys it, and he's got $15. Bless God, we're, we're good for tonight. Well, <clears throat> a car pulls in with a couple ladies in it, and they talk to his mom, and she tells him, said, they're getting evicted. They're just broke. We've got to help them. So he says, well, Mama, how much money you got? She said, I got $3. Said, we need to help them. Here's, here goes my weenies and white bread for the night. So we give them $18. And he said, uh, then the Lord said, uh, you know that set you got made for your little daughter for Christmas? He said, that guy up the street that's lost his job, he doesn't have a present for his little girl. I want you to give that to him. He said, Lord, he's a sinner. I want you to give that to him. Okay, Lord. So the money's gone. The $15 is gone. Mama's $3 is gone. The Christmas present's gone. A little bit. They live close to their mom there, kind of on her property. He said the phone rings. His wife answers it. And his attorney, he said, you remember that old case y'all had with so-and-so years ago? Oh, yeah. He said, well, I finally settled that thing. He said, I didn't get much, but I've got you $1,800 here if you want to come in and get it. She said, I'll be right there. <laughs> From $18 to $1,800. Now, your finances maybe hadn't worked that way. Mine hadn't worked that way. I remember times, though, when I knew God was shutting me down through my finances. I knew I wasn't right with Him, and I knew He had something to do with the finances. But if we'll just bless the Lord and learn to tithe, and, and listen, if you're still getting a check for $999 and you're figuring that tithe out to the penny, you're not a hilarious giver. You're a religious person doing your duty. Come on. I, I keep hearing some amens in that. We've got to learn to walk that out right with God. Let me read you the scripture out of Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter nine, verse six. 
Here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves a hilarious generosity. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything, every moment, in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. Just as the scripture says, the one who trusts in him because he has sown extravagantly and given to the poor, his kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer will become bread for our meals, even more extravagant towards you. First, he supplies every need, plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it, so the harvest of your generosity will grow. You'll be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. The priestly ministry you are providing through your offerings not only supply what is lacking for God's people, it inspires an outpouring of praise and thanksgiving to God himself. For as your extremely generous offerings meets the approval of those in Jerusalem, it causes them to give glory to God, all because of your loyal support and allegiance to the gospel of Christ, as well as your generous-hearted partnership with them toward those in need. Because of the extraordinary grace which God has lavished on you, they will affectionately remember you in their prayers. Praise God for this astonishing gift, which is far too great for words. Now that's hilarious giving. That's what that's about. I tell you, next week I'll give you some more details of uh, places we've sent money this year as a church, and that and that's that's part of it. And I, and I pray you got to bless someone, you know, during this Christmas time. I don't care whether it was a meal, whether it was a gift, whether it was finances, what it was, but you look for a way. We need to look for a way to bless people. And we, we know how to do that in the right way. Let me tell you... Uh, Robin Bullock said that while he was doing this carpenter work, he said, I'd listen to five or six cassette tapes a day of Kenneth Hagin, and he named them off. I mean, he was getting the word in him. He was learning. But I'm, I'm telling you, Dixie and Angie both talked about it this morning. It's not instantaneous. Whether it's your finances or your spiritual growth, whatever it is, it comes by believing, and it's an everyday pressing into it. 
And I've told you before, I remember one time we had a list of, of several horses. We put their names and had them taped up on a wall and was believing God to sell them because that's where our income came from. Yours may come from a job. It may come from various places. But we've got to look to God for those needs. I remember we really need to sell some stuff. And this guy came, and he was a Jewish man, had a big tire business in Iowa. Uh, Bernie was his first name. I'm not thinking of his last name. And he bought, I don't know, five or six broodmares from me. And he had a motorhome parked up at my dad's place. And I went up there the last day, to, and he was going to pay me. Angie was a little old kid. She was running around with me, and she went with me. And uh, he paid me in cash. And then he just looked up, and he said, now she's mine. Now the little girl's mine. Well, that was his way of joking, but Angie still remembers it, and I do. No, it wasn't funny. But listen, you've got to teach your kids. We're believing God if we don't sell these horses, we don't have anything. You've got to, you've got to teach your kids things about finances. You've got to teach them about, about money. <clears throat> Robin Bullock told this story. He said, while we was going through this, he said one day we, was just, we didn't have anything. He said we dug on, under the... Uh, the sofa and everything, we gathered up the pennies and everything, and we come up with $11. We can buy have winnies and bread tonight, white bread. And he said, the Lord said, would you give me that money? He said, Lord, what's going by? He said, would you give me that money? You know, there's a time you just finally say, I surrender all. He said, Okay. Well, later in the day, a friend of his who was put on some gospel stuff, and he knew him through the music industry, called him. And he said, they're going to have a big meeting over at such and such church tonight in another town. We're going to go over, and we'd like for you and Robin to go with us. Oh, he said, I, I don't know. He said, that we can't go. And he said, I knew they'd stop and eat. And he said, I have any money, so we couldn't go. He said, oh, I don't think we could do it. And he said, well... No, I want you to go. He said, we're going to stop over there and eat. In fact, he said, I want to buy you a steak and we'll have a good evening. And he said, well, he said, maybe we can go. He said, I, I believe we can go. So he said, uh, they picked him up in a nice car. They went over, they stopped at this steakhouse and they had a great meal. We went to the service and he said, I got to be part of the ministry team. I prayed for people. On the way home, we stopped at another little place and had some desserts, and he paid for everything. And he's getting out of the car. I noticed he kind of hit me on the side of my coat. And um, he said, what kind of a car you got? And I can't even remember what it was. He said, it was pitiful. He said, we got in the car wars the other day, and it didn't have enough power to get over the bump to get out. But this guy said, you know, I don't even really need this car. I'm going to leave it. You can just drive it. He said, and when he left, he said, I put my hand in my pocket and he'd put $100 in it. God said, would you give me that 
Can you think of all the things you've missed just because we want to hold on to it so tight? Oh, I have. I've missed it. I've missed it and thanks. But we've, we've got to learn to really to believe Him and walk in what He's got for us. 2 Corinthians 8.15 says, As it is written, the one who gathered much didn't have too much, and the one who gathered little didn't have too little. I want to, I want to read you some Proverbs here. Proverbs uh, 15.27. Do you read Proverbs? I promise you. I've read them enough. I should have them memorized, but I don't. But they still, God still speaks to me through them. Anyone who puts earning money above his family will have trouble at home. That's part of that verse. But those who refuse to exploit others will live in peace. Those who put earning money above his family will have trouble at home. Now, some of you guys should have been sucking air on that, being guilty. <gasps> Come on. It's just easy to put everything above family. What is our priorities? Well, it ought to be Jesus. Then it ought to be your family. Then you go from there. You guys all right back there? Oh, okay. All right. It's easy to say, God, it's all yours. What, how would your kids, if they wrote a letter to God about the home life. How, how would that read? How would that read? Here's another one. Proverbs uh, 19.17 Every time you give to the poor, you make a loan to the Lord. Rhonda, you loan to the Lord. You think he'll be, he won't pay his debts? He'll pay his debts. Proverbs uh, 24, verse 5. I want to just skip through some of this. I, I really got a lot out of this the other day. About wisdom can make anyone into a mighty warrior. And revelation knowledge increases strength. Listen, we need revelation knowledge. How are you going to get, how am I or you going to get more from God? I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about understanding life and situations, how to pray for people, how to do it. It comes by revelation knowledge. You're not going to get it off the news, the TV. You're going to get it from the Lord God Almighty. Yeah, I thought it, the Lord reminded me of this this morning. Don Weber and I got to be great friends. And I was really blessed. After he passed away, some guy told me, he said, Don Weber said, coming here was his favorite place to come to. But we were with him. Dixie and I met him in, at Rick Joyner's place down there. Yeah, well, we met him there, but we met him over there at another meeting. And he had some people with him, and I'd met them. In fact, some of them had been here. And I told him, I said, Weber, you got people hanging around you you don't need. You got people just riding your coattail. 
And I told him who they were, and there was another one, too. And, you know, uh, wasn't too long after that, I mean, he, he got rid of them as far as being on his ministry team because he'd brought them up here with him. When he come and ministered to a lot of people here, early 90s, <clears throat> one of those was a lady. Of course, she was married and had children. But then later, she gets uh, pregnant and has a child by a young man they took in. I mean, we need discernment. We need God's mind. We need that divine strategy, revelation knowledge to know how to walk in life. Everything that looks good and wants to give you a word is not from God. I mean, that lady was twisted. That was, that was twisted. She'll be in heaven. I'm sure she's saved. But listen, we can get messed up in life, and we need, to, we need these things to know the mind of God. Look at verse 13. Revelation knowledge is a delicacy, sweet like flowing honey that melts in your mouth. Eat as much of it as you can, my friend. Revelation knowledge. Say this, Lord, give us revelation knowledge. Lord, give us revelation knowledge. Verse 21. Hold on. Okay. It's good. It's good. Be ready for it. My child, stand in awe of the Lord Jehovah. Give counsel to others, but don't mingle with those who are rebellious. I'm telling you, you can hang around those people and they'll suck life out of you. That was one of, one of my real things that was wrong in my, probably from my, most of my 20s. Most of my friends, close other than Billy Duncan and his family, Billy was a Christian, but you know, as I think about the rest of them, they were 15 to 25 years older than I was, uh, and I can't think of any of them that was a Christian. But they were the good horsey guys at the cafe, and we did things together. But it wasn't good. It wasn't their fault, but it says to leave them. Don't mingle with those who are rebellious. I'm telling you, it'll, it'll get off on you. And, well, I, I, I'm going to go win them. No, you're, that wasn't my motive. My motive was to do business. But uh, we saw people try to do that. In the Lord. There's a great young man got saved at Emmanuel years ago, and he wanted to go back to his druggy buddies and win them, and he's been messed up ever since. I'm telling you, flee evil. Yeah, don't, you can't do business with them. Uh, speeding on here. Verse 23. <clears throat> Those enlightened with wisdom have spoken these proverbs. Judgment must be impartial, for it is always wrong to be swayed by a person's status. That's why we got to have discernment. It may look good, 
It may be glory, hallelujah, I love my Jesus, but what's the fruit? What's the fruit of it? What's it producing? What's God doing in their life? You're not judging them. You're, you're wrong if you just take everything at face value that way. You can accept them. They're your brother or your sister, but that doesn't mean we're in business. That doesn't mean I'm putting my okay on you. They walk in here and tell me all they've done and want to join and says, now what do I do? I said, well, sit here for about six months and we'll figure out what you can do here. We went to Restoration Church and we were first getting started. What was the pastor's name? Doug White. Doug White. He said, this lady had a ministry and she came. And, and they, they had three elders and they all sat together at the front of the church. And uh, she said, can I sit with the elders? And he said, no. And she joined the church. And he said, uh, she said, now can I sit with the elders? And he said, no. We accepted you. We didn't accept your ministry. We don't know who you are yet. A few of the little things you pick up going along the road. Judgment must be impartial. We, we better... You just sometimes it just don't feel right. You better trust yourself in it. Verse 27. Go ahead, build your career. Give yourself to your work. But if you put me first, you'll see your family built up. If you put me first. But listen, there's so much deception <clears throat> in the body of Christ when you believe it's more important for your teenager to have a job than to be in church you're deceived when you believe it's more important for your teenager to have a job than to be in church surely you can find and believe God for a job that doesn't require him to be tied up every Sunday or Wednesday or whatever it is but that that's 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 happened in sports. I mean, used to no schools did not play games on Wednesday night. They just didn't because they honored the church. But I'm telling you, weak churches, and we've allowed them to take over. But see, when you don't teach your kids right, you're teaching them making money is more important than God's kingdom and God's work. You're conforming to the world. Ask the Holy Spirit for a job where you can be faithful to God and the church. Teach your kids that. Put that in them. It's got to be down in our DNA. It's got to be part of us. If we want the Lord to be Lord of our... Well, what do we want Him to be Lord of? We want Him to be... We want to have enough of God that when we die we go to heaven. But that's not the Lordship of Christ. That's being saved. That's knowing Him as Savior. That's not knowing Him as, as Lord. But you want Him to be, I want Him to be Lord of my health. I want Him to be Lord of my finances. I want Him to be Lord of my wife or home. I want Him to be, you want Him to be Lord of everything you do. But that's what He says, build your career and give yourself 
to the work, but put me first. There, there's got to be a way. See, to be a husband, a godly wife, have a home, have a family, be dedicated to God, have time to read your Bible, have time to pray, have time to have a job or a business, be part of a church. There's got to be a way to do that or God wouldn't ask us. But we have a lot of extras that we want to throw in there too. And I'm not down on the extras. They're godly. If he leads you to do them. But have time for God. Learn to give him. Learn to sow into his kingdom. He's, more, he's a God that's more than enough. And I haven't heard anybody in here say, close the windows, God, you're flooding me, you're drowning me. Because we read that verse, I'll open the windows and pour you out such a blessing you won't be able to receive it. Henry Ford was a tither, a giver. A lot of people that we've just heard pieces about. But let's believe him. I'm, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to have more in 22 than you've had this year. It's, it'll take more to get by. So you're going to believe God for more. You've got to believe it. Lord, you're Lord of my finances. How are we going to pay the bill? I don't know, but God's got the answer. I have sown into the kingdom. Now, that, that, that doesn't mean, and this went through the charismatics years ago. I'll give my old car away and God will give me a new car. Well, let me tell you, you'll be walking to church. Because that's just you if he doesn't lead you to do it. If he leads you to do it, do it. If he tells you to do it, he'll give you a new car. But just let's stand up and bless the Lord. I give up. Come on. I just bless the Lord. <coughs> Let's make him Lord of all. Lord, thank you. Lord, Ascension Church is a testimony to you. You just think about that. We didn't start with any money. I didn't put a bunch of money in it to start it. I just started tithing. Other people started tithing. And here we are 30 years later. And if we could sell it all, it'd be a lot of money. Well, that, see, that same thing is true in your life. Just line by line, little by little, you'll look back and see you're gaining. Spiritually, you'll be gaining financially also. But put the spiritual first. Because if you're just serving God, if you're just giving to try to get something from God, it won't work. Lord, I thank you for faithful people. And Lord, we just press into you today and I bring every need to you. If you need to come pray or want someone to pray for you, if you want me to pray over your finances, I want you to come. I want to pray over them. Lord, we bless you. We honor you. Lord, we attest to your goodness, your grace. We attest to your goodness. Dixie and I attest to the fact that you honor giving.
Can you really believe that? Lord, we want to be hilarious givers. You gave your best. Lord, I, I pray for that revelation knowledge for each one of us to know how to manage the money that you give us. We all need a financial breakthrough or an increase. God wants us to be rich and have what he has. So you probably yeah. need to be coming down here and getting prayer. So we, you can start with me. So come on. Lord, we bless you. We bless you, Lord. Wealth creators, double, double. As you believe, so shall it be done unto you. As you believe, as you believe, so shall it be done. As you believe, Lord, as you believe. As you believe, Lord. As you believe, Lord, touch Alan. Alan, Lord, bless him. Lord, you make families like a flock. Lord, that Jesus Christ rules and reigns. Lord, Only you can make two into one, Lord. Financial blessings. Lord, divine Lord, strategies. Divine strategies. Divine strategies in Jesus' name. Say it's okay for me to prosper. Come on. Believe that God wants you to. Don't you want the best for your kids? Look at it that way. He wants the best for you. He wants the best for you. He wants the best for you. He's going to pay back that loan. He's going to pay back that loan. God hadn't forgot those tears. He hadn't forgot your kids. He hasn't forgotten. Lord, we bless you. Lord, I thank you for faithful people. Thank you what you're doing in Bob's life. Lord, thank you. Lord, John's a giver. Lord, give him those divine strategies. Divine strategies, Lord, just above and beyond him. Lord, she sows. She's a first fruits giver. She's a giver. Lord, she's believing you. I'm believing with her for her family to all walk with you. Lord, Dean wants all his family to walk with you. Lord, divine strategies. Divine strategies, Lord, in everything David does. Everything he puts his hand to. Finances. Lord, thank you what you're doing in Kenny and Karen's life. You're not finished with them. You're just rearranging some things.
gonna have to come get you. Lord, give him more. Lord, you have changed him and rearranged him this year. Now you're in the restoration process. And give him a mindset of how to handle what you give him, Lord, the finances. Listen, pride will keep us from asking God. We think we're... That, that being poor is being humble. That, that's not... That's not right thinking. Lord, I bless his family... Part of him in Mexico right now. But I thank you that you're restoring his body. Amen. Just look at me. You're giving him a new mindset about how to handle finances. God wants to trust you with it, but you've got to know how to do it. I speak wisdom for you in that. Amen. Lord, healing. Healing. Yeah, he walked in this morning. I saw he walked in. Now, some of you got some words you could give this morning. We'll receive words. Some of you may, you ought to have a giving testimony. This was this is going to go back to their churches. The Lord brought me back to the Bible on Pentecost when the men spoke to the crowd that God had arranged to come from all over. They went back and they spread the word. It's the same thing. It says the same power. Nothing has changed. Amen. I got a word. Uh, I, I loved how he's talking about Proverbs today, and I, I've learned so much just in in life in general, and in business too from Proverbs. And you know, I just I just can't get enough of it. I, I I love when when you read Proverbs and write little notes, and you go back and reread it, and it's a year or two later, and just that's just God just reminding you. You know, it's just it's cool just to do that and. When, when you was asking what we were doing up there, I was telling them to read my shirt because what she was preaching about was on the back of my shirt. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So that's why we were saying that up there. But um, I had a word because really what, what you said today really just reassured me something that happened recently. So on Christmas Eve, um, I was I had uh, something planned out in, for Chas and to to just let her she's been asking me for this for many many years and it's hard to hide stuff from <laughs> uh, from your wives so anyways <laughs> I was trying to hide it and you know uh, so anyways um, it she was asking her mom everybody and it got to the point to where I was like I don't even know if I really want to do this now and I was you know so what I'm trying to say is don't let the devil come over the things that the Lord is trying to give you not only from Proverbs but what Gerald's saying and you're giving and you're tithing and all that I've 
I've ha I have so much because of that, because of tithing and you know, giving. But what I'm trying to say is, I almost got to a point to where, and I, I in my head, it was 30 minutes before, and we were late to our Christmas party. Is what I'm trying to get at. And I said, I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to let the devil win. So I got my jacket on, got clothes on quick. They were fixing to leave without me, and I went and. Um, I, I knew I needed to do this, so what it was was I, I made a song for Chas. I actually went to a recording studio. I have it done probably 15, 20 years, and it was tough for me. I was, and it, it's called All My Seas, and it's actually named, I named it and made the whole song about all my girls. And it's, I was nervous making it, and Chas couldn't stop, you know, putting it on repeat and whatnot. But that's what it's about. It's about God. It's about your family. And what I wrote that song for, too, was because in my beginning years, what Jerry was saying, in my early 20s into my 30s, I put my business before my girls. I'm just being truthful with y'all. And it was detrimental. I don't have that bond that I really want to have with my oldest daughter because I gave so much into this business that I really lost out on it, I believe. you know. But needless to say, I, I wanted to do this and... Uh, you know make it because you know I really felt it upon my heart that there's something so I surprised her at the Christmas party is what I'm saying and she didn't know anything about it and she was trying to dig 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 you know so anyways that's just how it went so sometime I'll I'll let y'all listen to it though thank you amen anyone else any other words Lord, we believe you. We bring this word to you. And Lord, you've been faithful to Dixie and I. You've been faithful to this house. And Lord, this is a faithful group of people. They're the ones that are here every time. And I just speak blessings and that divine revelation for them. Lord, that you'd minister to us, spirit, soul, and body. Lord, we look to you. Just give him praise now. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.